Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's okay. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. I'm glad that you guys are here. The Lord is good. Amen. Yes. If you want to open up your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, it'll be up on the screens behind us. I want to welcome you today. What is on my heart is passing through the waters. We're going to turn on, learn a little bit about the Red Sea. Many of you guys are familiar with that story, but I believe that we have a word from the Lord this morning. Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Easier said than done sometimes, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. Father, we love you. We thank you for your grace, your mercy. Thank you that you're God. You're the true God. So illuminate our hearts with your word this morning, we pray. In the name of Jesus, everyone says? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Wave hi to your neighbor as we do. It is our custom. I'm so glad that you're here now. Question, has anybody else had as busy as a, of, of a month as I have had? Multiple graduations, oh yeah, I can feel it. Now, I usually don't start out this way, but I wanna encourage you this morning. I know that there's a lot of stuff swirling around in your mind, a lot of stuff that's going on. But I really do believe that what I have this morning is inspired by the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, and, and I'm, I'm very hesitant to say that because I don't want to get up and be like, thus saith God, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I really do believe that there was some inspiration from the Holy Spirit on this. And I know there's a lot of different things. Uh, I'm with you. I think we've been to two or three graduations. We have a wedding coming up. We have all kinds of stuff coming up. Not of my daughter. She's only 12. But of my beautiful niece over here. She is taken, and we, uh, she's going to be married in a, in a week or so here, so we are excited about that. So I feel you, but I'm telling you what I have for you this morning I think will encourage you and inspire you. Here we have the Israelites. The Israelites are being chased by the Egyptians. Now, to catch you up, we see that Moses has been called out of the, the wilderness, if you will, and he, goes to, um, and he goes back to Egypt. We see the 10 plagues. And then fi finally, we see Pharaoh. You know, it's uh, Pharaoh uh, finally lets the Israelites go, and Moses leads them out. And they're one of their first big things that they see is the Red Sea. And what they feel is the pressure of the Pharaoh army coming up behind them, the Egyptians coming up behind them. And all they can see is the Red Sea in front of them. It's what we would know to say it's between a rock and a hard place how many of us have been there before amen yeah we've been in that place where it's simply like this God if you don't do something I that I can't do anything and that's okay what I want to concentrate on this morning is whenever God leads us to those places okay to those places of the waters where God you have to divide this thing you have to make a way I don't understand it I think it's impossible but it doesn't matter if I understand it doesn't matter what I think because you're God and I need you to move on my behalf the one thing that I know is that I serve the God who can do impossible amen yes so that's where you, and, and all of us have been there, okay? All of us have been there. Now, I don't know where you're at in your story. Maybe you're at the beginning like the Israelites. Maybe you have had trouble from the very get-go, man. You felt resistance, and God has taken you through some waters. Now, listen to me. I'm going to be very honest with you, okay? Maybe there's some things that you're being led to those waters, okay, because you're no longer who you were. 
okay? You've got some addictions in your life. You've got some things that you know you don't need to do. And we're going to talk about true victory here in a minute. But you've got some of those things, and God has taken you face-to-face with some stuff, okay? But and you're staring at it, and you're like, I don't know if I can do it. You're right. You cannot do it. But Christ through you can get it done, amen? You just got to believe it and, and trust it. Okay, maybe you're like the Israelites, and man, you've had problems with this situation in your life from the get-go. Maybe you're like Kurt Schillings. Kurt Schillings was a pitcher for the Red Sox in 2004 when they broke the curse and won the World Series. Woohoo! Me too. I'm not really a Boston fan, so it doesn't matter to me. I watch the World Series, but I love baseball. But he's pitching in the first game, and he tears his tendon on his right ankle he goes into the surgeon and what they do is they take that tendon and they attach it to his skin so it's flopping around they come to him so he's in the middle it's the third game of this it's this excuse me it's the sixth game of the series and if the opposing team wins then they're going on to the world series and and they don't they don't go they call him in so he's on the mound with a tendon that is just sewn to his skin flopping around and this is what he was quoted saying it was pretty funny he said if you will think you know what pain is he said go out there and try to pitch the ball over a hundred times while you're also running back and forth to cover first base if you look at the pictures it's also known kind of as the bloody sock if you look at the picture you can see where there was a lot of excruciating pain but the reality is his waters that he has passed through, his situation happened right in the middle of it. I mean, they came back and they won three to, they won that game, and it was tied three to three in the series, and they wound up going on to win and, and ultimately win in the World Series. But it was a key component. When they needed him to step up, it was in the middle. Maybe you're like Jamel. Jamel is a man that, that ran the New York City Marathon in November of 2021. Check this out. This guy is 650 feet from the finish line, and he falls. Six, I mean, you can see the finish line. Some of you guys know what that's like. You've been walking through your situation like, baby, I am almost there. You think. <laughs> he falls, and he says some of his fellow racers come by him, and they just look him in the eyes and say, come on. And he said it just spoke to him volumes like, I can do this. So I guess without hesitation, they just kind of scooped him up and took him across the finish line and he finished. But I don't know where you're at in your journey, but you could be in any one of those stories. You could be in the beginning where it's, man, it's been turbulent. Maybe you were lucky enough to be like, man, the first half of this was a piece of cake, not so much the second half. We've all been there. Maybe you're that third person. You're thinking, man, it's been pretty easy so far. I can see that I'm going to make it to the other side. And then something happens that kind of, kind of shakes you have you ever been kind of shaken to your core absolutely but it's waters that we have to pass through and i'd love to sit here in front of you and say hey god will swoop down and take care of it all and he will but just not in the way that we want him to see the children of israel did not get to go under the red sea they did not get to go over they did not get to go around Sometimes some of the problems in my life, some of the things that I'm trying to change for the glorious gospel of Christ because he's in me, it's no longer I who live, but he who lives in me. I just go to rather go around some stuff or go over it or go under it and let's kind of just sweep it under the rug, you know what I'm saying? Children of, Israel, children of Israel didn't get to do that. They had to walk through it. So sometimes we got to walk through it, guys. There's some things in our life that we're going to be standing toe to toe and we're going to look up and say, listen, there is only one way. I was thinking of Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail He's finally found the cup. You know, the first guy goes in there and gets what he thinks a cup of a, uh, of, of a king would, would. You guys know what I'm talking about. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. 
right? <laughs> just be careful. It's a wacky show. I mean, I just, there's no theology in it, okay? I, I shared that with my friend this weekend. He goes, Matt, be very careful with that because that's kind of a weird movie. I said, I know. It's funny, though. But, but in it, he, he finally gets to this point to where they finally hold the Holy Grail, and the first guy drinks the Holy Grail, the water out of the Holy Grail, and he dies. And, and the guy that's been there gardening for, for centuries virtually says, he chose poorly. So Indiana Jones goes around and finds his, and he remembers it's, it's a carpenter. So he gets kind of the, the junkiest looking cup, if you will. And the lady that's with him says, how are you going to find out? And I love his line. His line says, there's only one way to find out. And he go, dips it in the water and drinks it. And the, the protector guy says, you have chosen wisely. I want to choose wisely. And sometimes there's only one way to find out, man. You've got to go through what you're going through. But you're not alone. He's sharing here with the, with the Israelites, and he's talking through Moses, and he, he helps us understand some things because the reality is we all have different things we face, and sometimes it could be physical what you're facing, the waters that you're looking at that God's leading you through. Maybe there's something going on, a health crisis in your family you didn't ask for, but nonetheless you're there. Maybe you're a financial crisis. I mean, that's, that's true, right? You can be handling, let me take some pressure off. You can be handling your money correct and giving to the church and doing those things and still feel that crunch, can't you? My God, I got some bills, man. I'm trying to do my best, trying to honor you and do this. Or, or maybe you kind of stretched out and did some things in faith and you're at a place where, God, you got to come through. Could be emotional. Have you ever been just emotionally distraught? Kind of your emotions are, are threadbare, wearing thin. You know what I mean? Like if my kid does one more thing, you know, and it's really, not even their fault and you have worries and pressures and you can imagine the emotional stress and you have anxiety or depression these things that are very real that you you battle how about this maybe it's a spiritual battle maybe the sea that you're crossing through right now that water barrier for you is a spiritual warfare in your life man one of my favorite songs that we sing here and i sing in my office as often as i can is lord i never want to go back to my old life i need you more more than words can say, I need you more. And when we, and I get to that point, God, I never want to go back to where I've come from. Man, I almost hit my knees with tears because our goal and our desire should be, God, I've left the old person back and the new is in you. So help me to never turn back and go back. But let me go forward in you. Don't go back to your addiction. Don't go back to that relationship where you found brokenness. Don't go back and to the same places and look for those things. As a Christian, our goal is to look forward and say, God, this is a faith walk, so everything that I do, I'm walking towards you. So don't go back. There's nothing for you back there. And the worst thing that you could be is a Christian who acts like a sinner. <laughs> Those are the weirdest people in the whole world, man. They don't fit in anyways. Whatever sacrifice it takes, let's do it, amen. Whatever waters you're crossing, I want to continue to encourage you. Here, we're going to do two things. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, and we're going to see some things. You know, as humans, we all kind of face the same thing. 
You know, we, we, they might look different now. My water crossing or, or the waters that I have to walk through are not the waters that you have to walk through, and your waters are not necessarily mine, but they do show some commonalities in there. So when we read in Scripture here, I love it because, because the, our Lord and Savior does such a good job of helping us understand just the humanity as humans we set, and we need the help of the Lord. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. He leads off with this. I love it. As Moses is speaking, he says, he says this, fear not the water that you have to cross so either you're crossing it you've made it to the other side or you're fixing to cross it or you're in the middle of it this is what inevitably will happen you will have to come toe to toe with your fears that's the reason why God says fear not now listen this is the most difficult thing about it is many times you will come toe to toe with that thing you fear the most and this is the reason why, because that thing that we fear the most usually takes the most attention from us. There could be a million things that are going right. There could be a million other fears, but that one fear that you see that scares you the most is the one thing that you will have to go toe-to-toe with. And we all have to face it. Whatever your crossing is, whatever that water that God's trying to get you across or get you through, realize that the reason why God says fear not is because you will be in a place where you have to choose, I'm not going to fear. I'm going to stand toe to toe. Remember, faith is not always the absence of fear. It's that I'm going to do it anyways because I know my God is greater than the fear that I see in front of me. Fear not. We see the rest part, uh, the other part of that scripture there. So that's one thing that we'll all face. Next thing that we face here is, I love it, stand firm. Okay, let's be real here. As you're crossing your waters, there'll be time where you will want to run away. You will have enough of people, of the stuff, but God says to stand firm. You will want to be in a place where you want to run the other direction. And I'm here to tell you, there's nothing there that's behind you. It's only before you what God is giving you, amen? So stand firm. See, we have this thing in our life, it's called that fight or flight response, and really it's flee, freeze, or fight. Either we flee and we take off, Either we freeze, we get so scared, we just tense up, or we learn to fight. And it's that part of us that, it's a part of our nervous system when an extremely stressful act happens to us, and we don't know how to deal with it, that's usually the response that we have. And we have to make up our mind what we're, what we're going to do. And fighting is a learned thing. Fighting is something, fighting for the cause, fighting for what you know God has taken you to, fighting through your addiction, fighting through your brokenness, fighting to go to the other side is something that is not natural. If it was natural, everybody would be doing it. So we have that resistance. And listen, you feel the pressure of the the things behind you that you've done and things that you feel like are looking over your shoulder and coming up that you have to deal with. And then you have the pressure of the obstacle in front of you. But listen, Scripture says, don't fear and stand firm. Do not run. You will feel like it, but do not run. This thing is, is like a boxing ring. You hear the bell, you get out there, you get punched in the face four or five times, but you stay in the fight. You hear a ding, you go back and sit down, get some water, clean up your face, make sure your gloves are on tight, you get back out there and do another round. Then when you hear the bell again, you go sit down for a little bit, get your stuff together and get back out there and keep fighting, amen? That's how you stand firm. We will not retreat, we will not run back. And you have to have that hearted decision that whatever is behind you, your addiction, your struggle, whoever you were, that you will not return. You will keep your feet planted on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and I will not retreat. 
And that's the decision. And that's what he's saying, because it's gonna be a human tendency. Man, I wanna, I wanna run. Well, join the party. <laughs> and I can promise you, I can promise you that if you go back and surrender, you're gonna be in the same bondage and the same change that God just got you out of. So whatever God's taken you through, stand firm, fear not. Exodus 14, 13, a third thing that we'll all face is we see the salvation of the Lord. We see the salvation of the Lord, and I, understand, I take this in context though. Sometimes you have to look to see the salvation of the Lord. What it's saying is, listen, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted in the midst of your battle of all the little stuff that can take your attention and move you from one place to the next. Whatever God has taken you through, don't get distracted by little things that can pull you off course. Your job is to walk through the waters that are parted and get to the other side. Your job is not to count the fish or wonder if there's a shark over there or what happens in the next 10 feet. I just keep putting one foot in front of the other. It's little things. Oh, Paul puts it like this, the little things that entangle us. Those little things that, that cause us to challenge our fear. Listen, don't get distracted from what God is trying to save you from. I understand that salvation happens in the moment and we get to spend eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but I can tell you from experience, bad habits are hard to break. And the closer I get to Christ, the more I realize how far I am from him. But the closer I get to him, the more I wanna be like him. So I wanna fight, I wanna stand, I wanna fear not. And God, whatever you're trying to save me from, from my own bad habits, my old way of thinking or whatever, God, let me give that over to you, God, because you are my salvation, not just for eternity, but you are my complete salvation. Every Everything that I've looked for, God, is in you. Don't lose sight of that. He is your salvation. Whatever's on the other side that he's taken you through, fear not. Stand firm. Keep your eyes on Christ. Exodus 14, 13, and he will work for you today. The victory comes from today. This is the thing that we've got to not struggle with. It's hard. Don't settle for right now. Push towards the victory for today. See, self-gratification is one of those things that we sacrifice and we do in the moment and we miss the true victory that God has for us. You're stretched out on your emotions. You've been fighting the spiritual battle. You've been walking and blessing your family and talking over them and doing everything that you need to do. And you feel like you're in the middle of the Red Sea. You feel like you're just beginning. You feel like, man, I was almost there. Then something big happened. Now it feels like I'm starting all back over again. So I want to go back like the children of Israel, man. We want to go back. We want to go back up underneath the bondage and the slavery. No, don't go back to those chains that God has broken off of your life and that he's in the process of doing. Do not settle for self-gratification. You turn the computer off. You get rid of the cell phone. You take yourself off social media. You hold your mouth shut. You do whatever you have to do to get to the place where God can use you. And you make up your mind that I will not go back. I keep my eyes on the salvation. I choose not to fear. I keep my feet firmly planted. And those little things, like a bowl of soup that I would trade birthrights for. 
See, because we're born in the kingdom of God and we're joint heirs and we're king's kids now, we're entitled to some things. Now, I want to be careful with that word. But it's not because of anything we've done. It's because of what the Lord's done through us and for us. So we have some birthrights now because, behold, we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Don't surrender your birthrights for self-gratification, for something that's easy. Because if it's easy, it's probably not worth having. Good marriages don't just happen. You got to fight for them. Having an influence over your kids, you got to fight for that. Having a footprint in the community, doing the things that you're doing, you got to fight for that. And all of us face it. No matter what you're facing, no matter whatever, whatever water you're trying to walk through, you, these are the four things that you will face. That's the reason why God addresses them and to us as humans. So don't think that you're less than. Don't think that you're weak because you want to run. I know you're big and you're strong and, and you've been the man and da-da-da-da-da-da, but listen to me. There will be a time where you're thinking, I am tired of this and I'm ready to go back to where I came from. Or it's those small little moments. Nobody sees. I mean, God will, for, how, many, how many of us have justified this? Well, God will forgive me. It's covered in the blood. It is. But that kind of flippant lifestyle is what gets you in, into trouble. And that's where you gotta truly ask yourself about salvation. Is it fire, insur fire insurance? Is it truly a new life in Jesus Christ? So don't go back. Fear not. Stand firm. Make your declaration. Keep your eyes on salvation. And ultimately, whatever it is that you have been sacrificing for a little bit of gratification, throw that thing in the trash. And this is the reason why. Because as we read the rest of it here, we see something that's very important. We see what victory looks like. Many times we, we have victory as this elusive thing out there, but it's really not. I think there's an amazing picture painted here. If you look in verse 13, the rest of it here at the back end of it in 14, it says, For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. And the Lord will fight for you, and you, only have, and you have only to be silent. Okay. Tough words there, but it gives us an amazing thing about what happens in victory. Whenever we see victory, one of the great things that we see, verse 13, the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. See, it breaks the cycle of constant negative behavior. You may have a cycle in your life. Now, listen, you're saved and you're trying your best. But you've got these habits that you've been trying to break. And you're, come on, let's get real now. You're more familiar with the old than you are with the new. So sometimes you find yourself going back. But true victory looks like, listen, there is no sin cycle. That stuff is broken off of your life. Those chains have been, have been destroyed and you are a new creation. You have found freedom in Jesus Christ. That relationship that you were attached to that beat you down and talked about you and worked over your self-esteem and all those things. Listen, you don't have to go back to that because you're a new person. You have found the freedom in Jesus Christ. That old pornography and stuff that you find yourself being enslaved to, that social media that you find yourself being enslaved to and you have to go back because you have to get the likes or you have to get whatever. Listen, you don't have to go back to that. That can be broken off your life and the sin cycle can be destroyed. The thought of negative behavior in your mind can be destroyed. Those things where you concentrate on Christ can be destroyed. 
It's called deliverance. And God is in the delivering business. See, we can't do it on our own. We can't do it in ourselves. But you gotta be serious. And I'll put this challenge out to you. If I'm preaching and you feel like you need to come down to the pool, you need to come down to the altar and start this process, you go ahead and do that. That's fine with me. I'm gonna keep on preaching. Listen, once you've tasted, I'm, I'm challenging you, once you've tasted freedom, and, and brothers and sisters, you that are in here that you know what I'm talking about, let's get real. Once you've tasted freedom, that old ugly stuff doesn't have a part of you anymore, and you look back on that stuff and it makes you physically ill, and you set up every barrier that you possibly can between yourself and that sin because you have no desire to ever go back. It could be attitude, it could be lust, it could be greed. There could be a million things that could be right there. But whatever battle you've won, you know what I'm talking about. Man, if you see that cliff approaching, you get to somewhere else because there is no way that you ever wanna go back to where you came from. See, that's what true victory looks like. It's that, it's that process, it's that breaking of that negative behavior because your hope is found in Christ. See, they were being delivered, they were being saved as they walked through the Red Sea, but they were like, I wanna go back. And that's a perfect natural reaction, but not for the new man because the new man, the new woman, now is found in Jesus Christ and it's no longer we who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Since he defeated death, hell, and the grave, that means I can defeat death, hell, and the grave. I couldn't do it by myself, but since Christ is my Lord and Savior and I have my focus set on my salvation, I can make it to the other side. Your family, your family can be whole again. Your thought life can be whole again. You can live a holy life before the Lord the best that you can. See, that's what true victory is, and that's what he's saying. If, if I can get these guys to the other side, man... What does, he say to, what does he say about the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again? He means it. It doesn't mean you won't be tempted again. It just means that thing will not have the same power over you that it had before. So whatever you're crossing, whatever water it is, listen, you get to the other side, and you're going to taste that victory, and that's what the Scripture teaches us. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Once we taste that, and once you taste that, that's the reason why it's such a fight to get to the other side because your enemy, the adversary, knows that, man, if you taste that victory and you know what it's like not to drag that sin and shame with you, you'll never want to go back. But we all understand we're human, and it's difficult. Ephesians chapter 14, verse 12. Is this not what we said in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. They're crying out and saying, we want to go back and serve, and that's a natural thing within us. This is what 1 Peter chapter 5 says. It says, our enemy roars. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11, schemes of the devil. Ephesians 4 and 27, give no opportunity to the devil. James 4 and 7, resist the devil. 
There really is an enemy, there really is a devil, and he means to kill, steal, and destroy all the things that we know. And what he does is he takes times of, of opportunity to pounce on us. He, he takes times and he has plans and schemes, according to the word of God, set up traps and snares. And listen, do not go back to that old trap and that old snare, man. You, you're set free from it, you keep walking through the water, you keep walking through whatever it is that God has called you to walk through. It is scary, it is not fun, it is difficult, but you keep your face planted on your salvation which is your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ amen don't get caught up in those little things because schemes are just that you know whenever you're trying to catch wild animals I love some of these shows where like wild Alaska and different stuff like that I don't know how true they are but they're pretty fun I like them flying planes over Alaska kind of the mountain men love it you know what I mean you don't have to bathe for days you're out there by yourself it's awesome you know what I mean? Like nobody's around you. Like, did you wear that shirt yesterday? Yeah, I wore it the day before too. And I'm gonna wear it today. It's okay. Yeah, thank you, brother. But one of the things they do whenever they catch animals, right? What do they do? They lay out snares in the trail. They'll, they'll hang some kind of little meat out there, some kind of little treat or some kind of little food. And what they want them to do is deviate off the trail just a little bit, get their foot caught in that snare, then they got them. The devil's a schemer. And part of that negative cycle in your life is part of that scheming. Because it keeps us from fully reaching the full potential in our life that Jesus has for us. Listen, and you don't have to go back to who you were. You don't even have to go back to things that resemble who you were because you're alive in Christ. Another thing that we see here is that as we walk down, true victory helps us understand that we are not forgotten or forsaken. I am not alone, I am God's. I love what it says, the Lord will fight for you. You're not alone. I shared this story in early, early service. I was shopping with my daughter yesterday and we were looking at a particular pair of shoes. And she wanted these pair of shoes really bad. And I said, well, that's great. I think they're awesome, man. She gave me the price of them. I said, let's buy them. And she said, well, I think they're really good. I think they'll be awesome. I said, okay, great. I said, why don't you pay half and I'll pay half. <laughs> then we started to study the shoes. Well, I'll just put them in the basket and we'll decide here as we go through the store maybe later if I really want to buy them or not. Then we mentioned, you know, I've got two or three good pairs of shoes. Do I really need these? Hey, it's different when you got skin in the game, isn't it? Yeah, and we've all been there. I grew up like that. Dad, I got a great idea. Let's go spend 100 bucks. Cool, if you come up with 50, I don't think I need that after all. You know what I mean? We're good. The reason why we feel like we're alone sometimes is because it puts skin in the game for us. Because whenever we get to the other side of the victory, it's a lot harder to go back to the loss when we've worked so hard to get to where we're at. Do I believe in instantaneous deliverance? Yeah, absolutely. But do I also believe that God will make us walk through some of our junk to get to the other side so that once we get over there, we won't return back to who we were? Yes, I believe that too. But during the midst of that, it's easy to feel like, man, I am by myself. God, where are you at? Well, he's right there beside you. It's just our actions. It's our faith. It's our movement that pushes us to the other side. David puts it like this. Psalms 139. 
Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Verse 11. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Verse 12. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You guys are seeing this? We're never alone, are we? Verse 17. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I want to encourage you, in the midst of your crossing, whether it's at the beginning, the middle, or end, you're going to have times where you feel like you're alone. But remember, God is fighting for you. God is for you. I know that it's difficult. It's frustrating. I know you feel insignificant. You don't have the sufficiency, all those things. Maybe what you're coming out of has just depleted your self-esteem hurt you in ways that people cannot describe. God is for you. He's for your family. He's for your kids. He's for you. The last part of this verse says simply this. It instructs us, verse 14, have only to be silent. This is where I'm going to park today. Don't go back to the cycle of negative behavior. True victory is found in that God is with me no matter how I feel or what the circumstances look like. And finally, it helps me understand that I don't have to fix it. The children of Israel are in a place where they cannot fix it. It's only God who can show up on the scene and fix it. Let me take some pressure off of you. If you could have fixed it, you already would have fixed it. But you can't fix it. You can't fix your family. Only God can do that. You can't fix your children or your grandchildren or your marriage. Only God can do that. Now, we can do things that are right, but man, God, you've got to move in a mighty way. I I can't do this. So let me take pressure off of you. You can't fix some of the stuff that's wrong with your heart, man. You need a surgeon, and his name is Christ, and he's the only one. But this is where we mess up. We won't keep silent. And let God fix it. Sometimes, with all due respect, we just need to keep our mouth closed. Psalms 37, 4 says this, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Psalms 139, 5, You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Proverbs 18 and 10, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous man runs into it and is safe. Think about this. If I'm encamped by angels, whenever the enemy looks at me, what does the enemy see? Doesn't see me, he sees the angels. 
If God really hems me in like scripture says and we believe that he does and then he puts his hand upon us, then when the enemy looks at us and wants to cause destruction and things like that, the only thing that he can see is my God and that's where he doesn't need to see me, he needs to see the Lord and Savior, amen? Proverbs 18 and 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. So whenever I run into the strong tower and to the protection of my Lord and Savior, what does the enemy see? The strong tower of the Lord. So what gives away our position when we start opening up our mouth? God, I don't know where you're at. Can you do this, God? I don't know. God has done everything in the world to protect you and keep us safe because we won't keep silent and rest in the fact that God is able. We give away our position. We were watching the story of Anne Frank. It was the diary of Anne Frank. We've been catching it up on Nat Geo. It's a really good show. And of course, their whole family and multiple other ones, if you know the story of Nazi Germany and hiding the Jews, and she's up in the top with her family, and you know the key to their success? They ultimately got captured, but the key to their success the business opened up at 8.30 and closed at 5.30. The key to their success was keeping silent. When people were underneath them and nobody knew that they were up there, everything that they had did had to be calculated. No missteps, no sounds, no nothing, because they didn't want to give away their position. The power of life and death is in the tongue. God wants to encamp you. He wants you to run to him as the strong tower that you need and we all need it. And as you cross the sea that you're crossing, keep your eyes on the salvation that is before you. Keep your eyes on the deliverance that only God can do. And hold your tongue and say, God, I'm gonna rest. I don't understand it, but God, I'm going to rest in what you do, what you can only do, and I cannot do. So my question is simple. What do you need God to do in your life? Where are you at? Here in a moment, we're going to call everyone up to the front. Not that the front's a magic place, but it's a great place just to say, God, I need you. We'll have some prayer partners up here. And they want to pray with you. But maybe you just need a little bit of time, and that's okay too. So would you stand up all across the auditorium? Prayer partners, you're released. Come up to the front. And I'm going to ask you, as they move, you guys go ahead and move too. You're in a situation where God has to encamp you. You know that you have to run to Him as your strong tower. Now, if you don't want to pray, that's absolutely fine. I want to release you right now just to come down here and stand in the middle. We want to take time to do this. Whatever you're crossing, whatever you're going through, I know that it takes, there's some coming and we're going to release more. Now listen, I'm not going to coerce an altar call, but I'm smart enough to know that there's some sin that's been hanging on to some people and you guys gotta get rid of it. There's some heartbreak 
And that's fine. You take care of it in your seats, but there's also something just about acknowledging it. And you don't have to tell anybody. It's between you and God. There's a million different reasons why people are coming up to the altars, and that's okay. And we're going to wait. God wants you to make it through the waters that you're passing through. He believes in you that much. Now I'm going to ask just some to come down here and lay your hand on a shoulder. If you would be released just to do that, we don't like anybody to be alone. And it's not too late to answer the altar call as people are moving. You can move now too. We know it's difficult. Now's your chance. I've, I feel very strongly about this. If you got some stuff that's hanging on to you, it's your chance. It's your chance to repent, to get rid of some of that stuff. But also, it's your chance to make it across. God's spoken to you. Don't quit where you're at. We're going to wait just another moment. Would you guys stretch your hands out as we pray for these at the altar? Father, thank you for your mercy and your grace. What you're doing at the altar right now in the hearts and the lives of your people, God, only you can do. And God, I pray, Father, as they walk across their sea, God, that they don't go back to their old life, Father, if that's the situation. They don't go back. They realize that the victory that you want to give them is greater, God, than what lies behind them, Father. And for the ones who are trying their best to make it through the seas of marriage, the seas of family, the seas of tragedy and difficulty, God, that they do it, God, with a heart positioned on you, Father. And in those moments they feel like they're alone, that God, you help them and remind them that they are not, God. That they keep their eyes fixed upon you, God. That they were meant not to turn around and run, but God, to keep marching forward, God, across this sea, God, to the victory that you have for them, God. The victory of self-confidence, God. The victory of a rock-steady marriage, God. The victory of being who you've called them to be in completeness, God. They have no time to look back, God, because of where you're taking them God what's behind them is behind them God and you position what is in front of them God and I pray that they would have blinders on to the things that would distract oh God we are not meant to be ensnared we are not meant to be stagnant but we are meant to walk with you we are meant to love you we are meant to be in full relationship where you Holy Spirit can do anything in our lives Father, thank you for deliverance. Thank you, God, for confidence in you, God. Thank you for encouragement and hope, God. Thank you for the parents who are praying at the altar and in their seats, God. Thank you for the ones who are hanging on, God, saying, I know that you are with me, so I don't have anything to fear, God. I pray for encouragement and strength, God. We stand together with them as brothers and sisters, lift them up in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, praying, God, that you would move sovereignly on their behalf, God, that they make it to the victory that you've lied before them, God. God, they can't fix it, but you can. So, Father, what you're doing in the Spirit right now, we accept the encouragement that's being filtered into people's lives and hearts, God. 
They've come so far from where they are, they have no intention of returning. And today is the stamp on their life that they will not go back, that they will continue forward. And if they have fallen, God, that they repent. And God, they get back in the race and the fight, crossing their sea. Father, in the hurts and the bruises and the pains, only remind us that we've made it and that you were sovereign and you helped us. Father, thank you for what you're doing in the hearts and the lives of your people at the altars. Thank you for the victory in the seats, God, and the minds. Father, as we go out, that we would just continue to be the light that you've called us to be. We would continue to walk in the fullness of the relationship. Father, we have no desire to turn around and go back, but only forward. Father, help us to always remember that you're for us and not against us. Your principles and promises are true. We can stand on them. Father, as this wonderful congregation goes out and they do the rest of their week, God, let us be the light that you've called us to be. Let us walk in the victory that you said that we could have, God. Thank you that our chains are broken, the bondages are free, God, and we walk in the fullness of you, God. Our hearts are bowed to you. Thank you for this wonderful congregation. Be with them. Keep them, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if you believe that, can you say amen? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, remember, God's for us. Yeah, he is. There's still praying going on, and that's fine. We love you guys. See you tonight at 6 to celebrate our first graduation. We love you. Have an amazing rest of the weekend. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.